0: Do you feel like you're barely keeping your head above water? That no matter how hard you try, meaningful progress remains out of reach? Heather gets that. She battled an eating disorder for years before seeking help. Now in recovery, Heather is here to tell you that positive change is possible even when it doesn't feel that way. Join her as she shares openly about her struggles and small triumphs. Fair warning though, Heather doesn't hold back. Her candid story may trigger some. But for those wanting honesty, hope, and healing, this is 1% Better with Heather. The information and stories shared on 1% Better are based on host Heather's personal experiences with eating disorders and mental health challenges. Heather is not a licensed doctor, therapist, dietitian, or other health professional. Her advice and opinions should not be taken as professional medical advice. Please consult your physician or a qualified health provider regarding any medical or health-related issues. 1% Better also contains descriptions of eating disorders that may be triggering for some listeners. Discretion is advised. Hey there, my little gaffers,
1: and welcome to 1% Better with Heather. I am so excited for this next series of episodes. I will be interviewing Recovery Mom, as she's known on social media. I have a special connection with Recovery Mom. When I was at my sickest, I had a different social media account. And one day, this woman popped up. I was immediately drawn to her. I fully believed that this was the universe trying to get my attention. I would watch her videos on loop all day long. She was around my age. She was fully recovered. And she had all the answers. From then on, she became my Yoda. There is no question you can ask her that she does not only have the medical answer to but the mental health answer as well. She breaks everything down so eloquently with her sweet demeanor. She gives you your medicine with a spoonful of sugar. Recovery Mom is here to give back to the eating disorder community. She is the big sister you need. She has a heart of gold, and I'm privileged to call her my friend. Without any further ado, please welcome Recovery Mom. Hey there, my little gaffers, and welcome to 1% Better with Heather. Today's episode I'm calling the intervention. I'm going to start by saying this. Interventions are hard. If you are the family giving the intervention, you have to go talk to your loved one and tell them your feelings and lay out a bunch of stuff that you probably don't want to be doing. And it's hard. I don't know that part of the intervention. I am the person who got the intervention. So all I can say is it sucks shit on the side. So if this is you, you have a friend in me. Interventions always come out of left field. And it's just shitty. May, 2022, I am in the thicket of my eating disorder. And my sister and I have planned a trip to go see my cousin who lives in the Okanagan. If you know British Columbia, Canada, the Okanagan is beautiful. And I'm thinking, yes, this is what I need. I haven't been on a vacation since like 2010. I need somewhere to go and recharge and get a tan and lay on a lake and just live my best life. The plan was Saturday morning. I was going to drive to my sister's house, and we were going to leave her house at 7 a.m. Here's what happened. Friday night, I did not sleep. I was so excited to be going on this vacation, getting the hell out of here, and just reboot. I did not sleep that night. I maybe got an hour's sleep, if that's what you want to call it. I was up at 3.30 in the morning in the shower. I was dressed, looked pretty good, got a coffee from McDonald's, and it was at my sister's house by 5 a.m. My sister lives 45 minutes from me. So the funny thing about my sister's house is her house is gated. So the gate's locked. I, I can't drive my car up the driveway. So I have to scale this gate like fucking Spider-Man. Looking back, I probably could have just fit through the bars. But I scaled it like Spider-Man because that seemed like a good idea at the time. Walk my butt up to her front door and bang on her door. At now probably five a.m. Let me tell you. She was not happy to see me at her door. So, already my vacation is not going well. But I am so excited. I'm so hyped up. I'm so revved up. I'm like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. We have to wake up my little niece to go. And she's like, we're not waking her up. We're going to wait until 7 a.m. and that's when we're going to leave. That is the plan. Well, let me tell you, when you are. In your ed and you have control issues, this does not go well. So now I am pacing her hallway. I am trying to do yoga to calm myself down. I am trying to make noise without my sister figuring out what I'm trying to do to wake up my niece so we get the hell on the road. Nope. It was 7 a.m. Okay. So we get down to the gate. And we have to unlock the gate to get out onto the road. And I said something to my sister, and I can't really remember what I said, but she said to me, Heather, just have an open mind. And I remember my head spinning like the exorcist. And I was like, fuck you. Nope. And I grabbed for the door handle to tuck and roll out of the car like the crazy person that I am. Because I was like, I'm not going on this trip now. I know what's coming. And she locked the door. Damn automatic locks. And she was like, no. You just have to hear us out. We all get a turn. This is nothing bad. But we all have something to say. And I thought, okay. Well, I can handle that. The drive was hell. I had three hours In a car to think about what was going to happen to me. I was fully convinced I was going somewhere. They were going to lock me up and throw away the key because I'm crazy. Does anyone know where I am? Does anyone care where I am? Do I phone my husband? No, I don't phone him. He's mad at me. He doesn't care where I'm going. All this stuff is going through my head. And I was like, oh, Jesus, help me. And I'm trying to think how I can tuck and roll out of a car on a freeway and not like die that didn't happen so we get into town of my cousin's place we stop at the liquor store clearly that's going to make everything better because i thought well i'm not going to listen to this shit i'm going to be like lugered if i have to listen to your crap because there's nothing wrong with me i'm totally fine it's everybody around me that has an issue and we pick up some food and whatever else and we make it to my cousin's house. Let me tell you, it took the time for me to pour a drink, get on a deck, and then it started. Like, within five minutes. And I was like, oh my God, already? And I was like, okay, I can take this. I can take this. And they said there's, there's stuff. I'm not trying to be vague. There's a lot of stuff that I don't remember. A lot of stuff was because I was like, drunk a lot of stuff is I blacked it out and it was hotter than sin and I probably got like sun fucked at the same time but I remember lying on the deck and I was like no I can't take this anymore I'm gonna go downstairs and change so I went to go put on my bikini and my cousin's like oh let me go with you let me show you around the house. And I was like, your house isn't that big. I kind of figured it out. And my sister and I are spending the night in the basement. And she's like, no, 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 like, let me show you. And it was her new house. So I was like, okay, yeah, all right. And I said, okay, well, I'm just going to go put on my bikini. I'll be right back. And she's like, okay, I'll wait. Well, where we were staying is like the basement's open. So there's no like door to a bedroom. I have to go in the bathroom to change. Okay. So I go in the bathroom and I'm like, you don't have to wait. Like I'll meet you right back up there. She's like, no, no, no. So I get changed. I come out and I looked at her. I'm like, what's up? And she said, I just want you to know I hid every scale in this house. Oh, okay. I, all right. I I know what I'm dealing with right now. And then we go back upstairs, back to the intervention of Heather, and nothing's bad. Nothing's bad. They are talking about how concerned they are for me, and they should be at this point. I am on death's door, and I'm trying to convince them there's nothing wrong with me. Everything's wrong with you. And then I start pulling what any addict is really good at. You flip it around on them. This is your fault. This is you. You said this to me. How dare you talk to me like this? Slick, my eating disorder voice, has now taken over my body. And I am possessed. And I am saying horrible things to these people. Horrible. I, I'm i ashamed of what came out of my mouth. But in the moment, when you feel like you're being attacked, you just want to protect and there's nothing wrong. And I kept saying, are you guys putting me somewhere? You guys are gonna literally put me in a room and throw away the key. That is the fear, right? Like no one's gonna care where I am. And I'm trying to think, I'm like, how do I walk home from where I am? Cause it was a three hour drive. That's a long walk home. And I'm like, this is my sister's car. There's no way I can like take her car. It it was a mess. I will say, though, everyone got a turn for saying their shit. It wasn't good. It was not good. There was a lot of tears. There were. Well, I yelled a lot, a lot, a lot. Like, I'm a loud person in general. From where we were, you could hear me in costa rica i was yelling that loud and thank god my cousin has no neighbors because the police probably would have come and arrested me i was just unhinged unhinged and things started to calm down after a while and my sister god bless her would redirect the conversation somewhere else and then there'd be like a nice moment And then it'd be back to Heather again. It sucked. It really, really, really did. And man, I do appreciate it now, thinking about it. But in that moment, no, not at all. And I can't emphasize how much I was scared. I was so scared. But I wouldn't admit that I was sick at all. There's no way I was going to admit that. You guys are all lunatics. Like you, you don't know what you're talking about. And that's the thing about your eating disorder, your eating disorder voice. like, It will convince you there is nothing wrong with you. I'm like, what's wrong? I wake up every morning. I'm totally fine. Look, I can run from here to Bermuda and back, and everything's okay. I have energy. Everything's getting done. The kids are getting fed. What is wrong? But the reality was, I was dying. And I remember my sister just saying, think of your kids, think of mom and dad. And the words came out of my mouth i was like they're fine they have a dad they have a stepmom i've lived i'm 43 years old at the time i'm good i i've lived a thousand lives over i have great stories i i don't care and the fact that those words came out of my mouth still kind of shocked me because that was always my attitude i'm fine i'm fine and That illness is such a, it's a drug. It really is. Like you have no clue where you are in reality. You are living on your own separate planet during this. Everyone else is on earth. I don't know where you are or where I was, but it's somewhere good. It's like denial city. And I'm saying all this to say to you, That if you have people coming to you, crying and expressing their feelings, no one wants to be doing this. This is very uncomfortable for your loved ones. They don't want to tell you that you're sick. They don't want to watch this hurricane anymore because you are literally destroying yourself. Try, try to take a step back for one second. And see it from their point of view. Just for one moment. Because this isn't what they want to be doing either. They also don't want to be coming to your funeral. And they know it's coming. At the end of it, we did have a nice time. I have amazing memories. We got some great pictures. It hasn't happened since 2022. I'm not going to lie, if my sister called me right now and said, hey, we're going to go back to our cousin's house, would you go? I'd be like, nope. Not because I'm not recovered, but now I have some other trauma I have to deal with. And that's always going to be in the back of my mind. But in the long run, I guess I can't ask for anything more. I have people who love me. And want to make sure that I wake up every morning. In that moment, though, I will say I thought that was my rock bottom because I was like, our drive home hung over. Oh God, that was awful. And my poor sister who had a drive home hung over. Oh, that was just brutal. I thought. This has got to be my rock bottom. I can't, I can't get any worse than this. It can't get any shittier. Here's the funny thing about rock bottom. It can always move.
0: That's all for this episode of 1% Better. To continue the conversation, head over to our website at www.1percentbetter.ca, where you can access more stories and resources. We'd also love it if you subscribed and left us a review on your favorite podcast platform. And remember, friends, progress takes patience, perspective, and sometimes a little help from people who get it. So be kind to yourself and others as we work to get 1% better every day. We'll see you back here next week.